0: Welcome to EG Like Sunday Morning. I'm delighted to be back uh, to steer you through the rest of 2022 and truly cock-a-hoop to be joined by Deputy Editor Tim Burke and Office's expert Shante Behitegay. How are you both doing? Better off thank you. thank you.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, it's hard to believe, but it is December, so has, has the Christmas spirit uh, arrived in your households?
2: Um... We haven't got any decorations up yet, but I've got to say this quietly because the kids are in the house and one of them, one of them still believes we we have started Elf on the Shelf for this year, mm, which, which yes. is all, which is awful and ruins every December, but <laughs> does give, it's it sort of, it makes me feel festive, but in a very anxious way, if that makes sense. So yeah, it's kind of arrived.
0: So, just, what on on the first day of December, what did the elf do this year, Tim?
2: Um, he, well, he hasn't done anything yet. So he arri- he arrives. I'm j- genuinely sort of whispering because 'cause says he just arrives through a little magic door that's underneath <laughs> the um, the radiator in the living room, and yeah. he brings um he brings advent calendars with him, and then he'll just sit there wow. until um, tonight when I have to think of something clever for him to do. Uh, as I hate it. As what a, a great to...
1: elf. He brings advent calendars too.
2: Yeah, he yeah. does. He's a he's that's a good, good he's effort. um he's a good little he's a good little lad. Um I hate it. It's the worst thing that happens <laughs> to me every year. And every year I promise myself after it ends that I'm gonna get ahead of it and have all of the scenarios worked out for the next year. But as anyone who's worked with me on anything will know, that's not what I actually do. I just leave <laughs> it all until the last minute. Um and then I'm panicking about um panicking about what he's gonna do each evening.
0: Surely, with 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 you and your connections, he 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 could take a tour of London's greatest uh, landmarks and, and office destinations.
2: Yeah, but that also <laughs> involves me doing that, doesn't it? And that's not what that's not what's going to. And then and, and not, then what, you know, taking photos of it and bringing it back.
0: I'd yeah, rather it was only, just like
2: pretending to eat a biscuit.
0: Not just London, you you you, you tour around the country, Tim. You could <laughs> you,
2: the elf could be. I could have taken, oh, well, I was in Leeds this week. I could have taken yeah. him there, but
0: he, <gasps> he, was the, the
2: he, was the, he was at the North Pole. That, would, that was the problem. <laughs>
0: that's true. Fashioning, fashioning advent calendars.
2: Terrified of the littlest one hearing me talking about this, but I think he's <laughs> okay. got headphones on a tablet upstairs. We're all right.
1: It sounds much more Christmassy than my household at the moment. As far as it's gotten for me is a Christmas mug for my tea this morning.
2: That's still right, pretty that's good.
1: Nice. That's good. Yeah, it was a nice step into the festive season.
2: Jess, how Good about day. yours? I feel like we never ask you how you're doing at the start of this podcast. You're <laughs> yeah. always how has everyone's
0: I'm, week gone? Yeah, I'm no always, one asks. Always you. making a silent cry for help, and no one ever asks. Um, and <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> as a nod to Chris, I've prepared uh, my wife's advent calendar uh, for her return uh, to work. So uh, from work. So what do you? Uh, what, uh, what do you uh, but we haven't um, decorated yet. We'll, we we may be decorating. And maybe after, maybe this Sunday, maybe after this, this podcast has gone live, maybe so we'll this, celebrate. You make a homemade, and is a no, homemade advent calendar? No, no, oh, calendar. no, 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 And it is, uh, it is a, 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 other, other, other sweets are available, but it is a Candy Kittens <laughs> advent calendar. That so has when been you repopulated? oh, Candy Kittens, yeah, it's been say, repopulated from last year. Got wow. Me. We're
1: going That's sweets cool. instead of That's
0: chocolate. That's how I roll, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, okay. Uh, and uh well hopefully, hopefully, I will also have an advent calendar of my own, but I don't know what it is yet. So
2: Imagine if you've tuned in to listen to this and you're not interested in this bit at all.
0: That would be (laughs) Yeah, it would be absolutely terrible. So should we turn to 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 some something that those people, those curmudgeons, those Scrooges, uh those anti-Advent calendar listeners might uh might be interested in. So Tim Uh, you've been uh, limbering up uh, this week to write about a new era of flexibility.
2: Uh, I have. um, Yeah, a new era of flexibility and what it takes to get an office leasing deal across the line. And I started um, thinking about this when GPE published the details of its big pre-let to Aldermanbury Square to um, Clifford Chance, the law Mm -hmm. firm, um, a couple of weeks back now. And you know, it used to be if you were if you were leasing an office, the lease lasted for a certain number of years and then at some point in it, you got your break option and you could maybe decide, okay, I'm gonna clear off now. And the, the landlord could say, oh, well, if you stick around, we're gonna do this or that to the rent. But it was relatively simple. This Clifford Chance deal is a lot more convoluted. And I'm, if I can, if you'll indulge me, I'm actually gonna read out the terms, the well, I
0: I would like you to read me yes, every soon. single word in the Put lease. Out,
2: Put out on this. This is this was uh, this was from GPE's stock market announcement about um, about leasing this deal. It reads a bit like some sort of maths puzzle that my kids would bring home from school, where you've got to work out how much space they might end up with. Here we go. I
0: hope, I hope you've got a Jack and Rory voice that you can put on
2: for, for this. <laughs> I'll do my best. Clifford Chance has entered an agreement to lease the lower ground to twelfth floors on separate twenty-year leases with options to break at Year 15 together with additional options to break at Year 8 on the 4th floor and Year 12 on the 5th floor. Clifford Chance also has an option to hand back the first to fourth floors of the building, up to 89,000 square feet, which expires on the 1st of March 2024. Clifford Chance will pay an initial rent of £77 per square foot, assuming that no space is handed back, and will benefit from 38 months rent-free over the 15-year term with another three months rent-free in the event that none of the leases are
0: broken. It sounds a bit like a question on a maths uh, exam paper. It does, right? It does, I'm getting GCSE flashbacks. (laughs) How many many floors will Clifford Chance occupy (laughs) in 2031?
2: (laughs) I read this out to um, uh, uh, an executive I won't name, uh, a big REIT that I won't name either, and he was laughing before we were halfway through, because (laughs) when you read it like that, it does does sort of sound... um, it just sounds overly complicated, like it can't be for real. But I was interested in whether this is just going to be the new normal and what it takes to get these deals away. And I guess
0: the, the I guess the thinking behind it is that occupiers at the moment really don't know what they need and what they're going to need in two years and what they're going to need absolutely. in five years and ten years.
2: And you'd and. Um, and that's obviously um uh, uh, an effect of what we've gone through with the pandemic and hybrid working and then if you add on to that the fact that nobody quite knows where the economy is going to go at the moment it's it's almost impossible to think about what your what your business what your business is going to need and so from people i was discussing this with this is still pretty unusual the clifford chance deal has got a lot baked into it but um i spoke with michael payne who heads up the the tenant representation team at carter jonas and he said he thinks this is going to ultimately be a textbook case of where the market goes in terms of structuring these and you're right it's all about um it's all about tenants not quite being able to work out the amount of space they need and from the landlord's perspective it's now going to be a question of um do you buckle do you just accept that you've got to you've got to mm. build all that into the lease um if you're going to get if you're going to get a big name tenant to to take a pre-let and you 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 probably are. I mean, this is you know make no mistake. This is this is great news for GPE. They will be absolutely over the moon with with that deal. It's the biggest leasing deal they've ever done as a landlord. But that lease means that they could still end up with Clifford Chance passing back six floors mm. over over the duration of over the duration of um of that deal. But as a landlord, they have and they they chose not to to discuss the terms of the deal with with me for the piece I should add, but they will have, you presume, done some sums and thought, well, we don't believe that Clifford Chance is, is going to use those break options. And also if they did, we're still secure enough in the income that we'll get from those remaining floors that it's that it's worth doing as a deal. And as as as, um, as industry figures say in that story, you can't really pick and choose between that many live requirements in the market for that huge amount of space. You know, it's 300,000 square foot plus mm. big downsize from what Clifford Chance used to have, but still still a really sizable deal. And um, if you were to turn away Clifford Chance because you don't want to, to meet the the flexibility that it's after, you you can't be sure how long you're going to have to wait for someone else to come along. So ultimately, it feels like you're going to see you're going to see a lot more, a lot more deals that are structured like that, particularly from mm-hmm. the bigger players.
1: It was interesting what they did with the uh, the break clauses there with the rent free incentives that they're also trying to add in that extra layer of protection there for themselves by saying, actually, we're going to offer you 38 months or whatever it was rent free incentive if you don't take the break.
2: Yeah, again, it's um, it's all just this ongoing negotiation, isn't it? The the mm. um, the the ends up being i guess a real compromise um between these two sides i think on there are going to be smaller deals where you're less likely to see it like this there will be as well you know areas of london where the supply and demand balance Mm -hmm. means that actually landlords have got a lot more power and they don't need to give away so much um but i think you'll i think you'll continue to see tenants really pushing for it and and um Glenn Dunn, who um, who advises uh, corporate occupiers at uh, uh, Forsters, another law firm, um, says in says in our piece, the you know the worst thing for a tenant is going to be to commit to too much space, and then at some point in the next few years, ha- be faced with the fact that they've got to sort out um, mm-hmm. a subletting for that space, which is which is my brilliant segue. That into is a Shant- brilliant into
0: Shantae's.
1: Yeah, very, subletting very well story. linked I worked on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, so uh, yeah, talking about subleases, as Tim so expertly was, uh Shantae, what 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 have you got for us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um Grant Thornton are uh, subletting from UBS um, at their London HQ. So uh that's at Five Broadgate, the new the new location. Um so they're gonna be subletting around 105,000 square foot. So it's top two floors of the building. Mm-hmm. Um and they signed last week. So um UBS is going to be in that building until about 2035. So they've got quite a bit left, um, yeah. quite a bit of time left. And Grant Thornton signed for around 70 pounds per square foot. So um They'll be moving not for another year or so. So it'll be mm. around this time next year. Uh, um, sorry, another two years, so in 2024, mm. um, that they'll be moving. But they're currently at 30 Finsbury Square. So it's not not a huge difference in location. Um, but obviously it's it's quite an interesting one when you're looking at what it means for um for occupiers and their space needs in in the capital at the moment. In terms of why they decided to do it. So um the this, this subletting decision was kind of the result of a hybrid working policy that UBS brought in quite recently so that's quite interesting and links to kind of what Tim was talking about in his piece because mm. um, I suspect this is going to continue to happen and it's not uncommon for occupiers needs to change once they've taken a space if they're upsizing downsizing whatever it may be um, and for them to then sublet that surplus space but this certainly seems to be more commonplace since Covid um, as tenants are sort of reassessing their needs so it'll be interesting to see how many more deals like this happen, especially considering, you know, the building that UBS has occupied. It was it's, it's, it's a big building. It's about seven hundred and ten thousand square foot, so it's quite a substantial space. So it'll be interesting to see what that means for other big spaces um, in in London and how much we'll see coming onto the market in, yeah, in the near future.
0: And you know, both these stories show that deals and. Major deals are still being done, which is,
1: you know, I I imagine
0: quite, quite encouraging news as we uh, approach the end of the year. Yeah, Yeah. I think think they are. I I think they're going to be.
2: I think a lot of them are going to be smaller. I mean, like I say, when um, to go back to Clifford Chance, when they first took their HQ in Canary Wharf, they leased a million square feet. Mm. Over the years, actually, they then sublet some of that. So Deutsche Bank now has has some of that space. Um, So the the GPE office is already a massive downsize from what they originally took in Canary Wharf. And if they were then to use those breaks, it goes it goes even smaller. But um, to your point, there are are deals to be done. And you know, for for GPE, it won't be a worry that they've taken less space than they were leasing from Canary Wharf Group, it'll simply be we've got Clifford Chance, still a massive name, and a great um, and a great tenant to have to have won. But it does feel like in most cases, you're only seeing companies take less space.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm hearing as well. Every time I've been speaking to to occupiers and both on the agent side as well. Um, it's There seems to be a consensus that occupiers now don't mind, A, spending a bit more for the space that they're taking and B, taking less space. Um, it's more about the quality of the space that they're taking as opposed to A, the location and then B, the size of the space.
0: OK, and we'll watch how that, that theme develops uh, in 2023. And also, Shantae, this week, you've, you've been muscling in a little bit on Evelina's territory uh with uh with <laughs> yes, life sciences <laughs> news <in
1: London. laughs> yeah it was really interesting so um the wonderful world of occupier strategy
0: uh, <laughs> when it
1: comes to howard de walden so um yeah howard de walden it was really fascinating because i think the historic states are kind of known for targeting specific occupiers to create a certain vibe and feel on the estates and we kind of see it in portman and grosvenor and the crown and I think it's particularly true of their retail offering. But I think we're seeing this quite strongly with the office occupiers too now. So um, in the case of Howard DeWalden, when I spoke to Mark, he said that quite clearly businesses don't operate in a vacuum. And so they're sort of the sum of the occupiers that they have in their estate. So with that in mind, um, Howard Walden is now trying to sort of target um, medtech occupiers on the estate. Mm mm-hmm. So, that's the kind of crux of their new strategy, building upon their existing strong life sciences base. Um, so, they're kind of targeting um, businesses in the support functions, so those that are kind of going to help. And they really wanted to focus on the tech sector as well, because yep. that's kind of the philosophy that Mark um, is taking on going forwards. So, it was interesting um, in conversation, he kind of mentioned. As an example, that they've got um, HCA UK's Sarah Cannon Cancer Institute on the estate currently, um, as an example. So they offer kind of cutting edge cancer therapies for patients with typically bad prognoses. And then the estate has also signed a med tech company called See the Signs, which uses like AI data to kind of um, to help identify cancer early on. So that was just an example that he gave to kind of put into context the kind of pairing that they're looking to have with existing tenants. Um, on the estate and who they're looking to target going forwards. So um, even though it's a higher risk strategy and it's more costly for them as a landlord, because ultimately they have to spend more for life sciences space than they would to just fit out an office. um, He's he's kind of said that it was worth worth the risk in this case. Um, And it was interesting because he kind of likened it to to saying that there could be a new sort of golden triangle um, (laughs) at the estate, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, particularly when you're looking at sort of uh, the location, I mean technically it would be kind of in Victoria, the the exact centre I think between Mm. um, UCL in Bloomsbury, Kings near London Bridge and then Imperial in White City, but close enough, I mean we get get the idea, Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that would kind of be um, a new hub. So he was kind of saying that it would be nice to have an extension of the King's Cross knowledge, uh, Knowledge Quarter out uh, to the estate, which would be be quite cool. Um, So the way they plan to do that is kind of by continuing to sell off surplus assets, particularly in the resi um, side of the portfolio. So, I mean, whilst there's no hurry and no sense of real urgency in disposing of lots of those assets, um, if and when it comes up that there are ones that they can get rid of, they're kind of recycling that capital and investing it back into the portfolio that way
2: everyone Ooh. wants to make a life science hub now don't they i'm going to predict now yeah. i'm saying this now i predict that when Shaftesbury and capco complete their merger they will announce that they're going to turn covent garden into a new life sciences <laughs> hub <laughs> you heard it here first you both. heard it here first
0: i i've just got a feeling i've just got a feeling about that <laughs> We will see if you're right in 2023. I hope, hope you'll, <laughs> um, you'll trot this uh, prediction out again. Uh, on a... You
2: know, you better believe
0: it. <laughs> okay, uh, fantastic work. Uh, do you want to round up the rest of the work, week's news uh, with a little bit of a quiz? Is that a trick question? Yeah. <laughs> Is that the first quiz question? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, Shante, would you like to go? The week.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll go first.
0: You'll go first. Right. Straight in. OK. Question <laughs> one. Uh, OK. Who has pulled the plug on plans to add stories to a Leeds office building because it is no longer financially viable in the current climate?
1: Oh, palace capital.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: That was a Tim story.
0: <laughs> and uh, <laughs> whilst we're talking uh, stories of buildings, which 1.3 billion scheme, Tim, uh, looks set to win planning approval after 10 stories were shaved off its highest towers. Um, this was uh,
2: Unibay Radamco Westfield's um, White City project. It is indeed, uh,
0: which will now boast 35 storey residential towers. One, one. Amazing stuff so far. Missing words. OK, Shante. Your headline yes. is Bickle colon west end is a strong blank pickle colon west end is a strong blank and strong blank are in inverted commas amazing it is ecosystem uh that is that is some some good knowledge i was going to uh, say life sciences <laughs> hub i thought you'd <laughs> <laughs> the new strategy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ecosystems and life sciences go hand yeah. in hand, but... Uh, it's true, they do. Yeah. <laughs> this was a bullish Brian Bickle. I uh, hope I'm pronouncing his uh, his surname correct. Correct? Please do correct me if I'm not. Discussing the final Shaftesbury results before its £3.5 billion merger with Capco, after which Covent Garden will become a life sciences hub, as we mentioned earlier. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tim. Yes. Blank test puts New River one step ahead. Blank test puts New River one step ahead. Um, it's not maths test,
2: is it? After the old uh, the, the, um, the the leasing <laughs> quiz earlier. No, it is.
0: Uh, it's stress test. It is. It is. I was, it was. I was hoping it was going to be bleep tests, uh, which would have been quite quite good. But um, oh, it is. Imagine
1: and then back to school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is a stress test. Uh, the REIT has apparently turned to uh, comprehensive scenario tests for rental cash flows, uh, whatever they are. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure both of you could explain that uh, that to me. But uh, we get, don't really I'll have time. my hand with some of them. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
0: okay. You can't be separated. Two two. It's now the diary round, Chante. Uh, Which yes. pastries were the highlight of a rainy Mappic uh, in Cannes, according to uh, a diary correspondent?
1: Was it fika? Fika? Amazing! Monkey? I don't know how to pronounce it.
0: it. I googled <laughs> it. It's it's fika. It is fika. <laughs> fika. So well done. Yes, uh, a Swedish delicacy. Okay, cool. Tim. Pressure is well, on. This like is. For, to, to to draw. <laughs> Uh, in response to occupiers querying why they should pay full rent for buildings their workers are only occupying for at best three days a week. Regina Lim, MG Real Estate. This is the longest question in, in Quiz of the Week history. <laughs> uh, Regina Lim, m g Real Estate's head of property, has a simple response comparing offices to what other type of property? I loved
2: this. I loved this comment. Comparing offices to the church. It is indeed,
0: uh, as she put it, I like to tell clients, we only use the church once a week and we pay full price for it. Brilliant, uh, so I love it. it is, yes. What a quote. Uh, so there we go, Yeah, experts uh, in your fields and, and indeed those of your yes. colleagues, well done to both of you. 3-3, three, three, uh, uh, please celebrate this shared victory to its fullest, uh, perhaps by decorating your, your, your Christmas trees uh, this afternoon. Um, we'll be back Uh, this time next week uh, for another episode of EG Like Sunday Morning.